the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so empty. How you feel, Squirrel? Did you have a good weekend? Yes, you did. Well, I got some news for you, Squirrel. You and every other sucker who pays taxes owes the G 250000 That's what the debt breaks down if we stop spending right now, this second. And we know we're not going to do that. So what the government has to do is give you a show. So let's all enjoy the show. A friend of mine said, why are they meeting tonight? What do you mean, why are you meeting tonight? In Japan, it's 6 in the morning. You see, Joe Biden is a shell of his former self. He's nothing more than a facade. Everyone knows he's suffering from dementia. And before he had dementia, he was stupid. But he wasn't as stupid as he is today. Because back in 1984, I remember Joe Biden. Yes, I do, squirrel. And do you know what Joe Biden was running on? Fiscal responsibility. In fact, he used to give speeches about spending, about cutting spending. You don't believe me? Well, here, I found a tape. And notice the difference in his speech patterns and the tone of his voice. In 16 years, it'll be the year 2000. He'll be 19 years old. What happens if every tax dollar that we pay, 50 to 60 percent of it's just going to pay the interest on the debt? He will be paying for what we lived on. We should be investing to allow him to be able to live on something. Joe Biden wants an immediate budget freeze, a constitutional amendment to limit spending, and a fair tax bill to guarantee our children's future. Delaware's own Joe Biden. He sounds like Ronald Reagan. He sounds like Donald Trump. Back then, Trump was a Democrat, too. Ironically, Trump was stumping for Jesse Jackson the same race. Oh, but he was a racist. He didn't stump for Joe Biden. He stumped for Jesse Jackson. And this is what the morons who are telling you to buy this fable of Marxism, of government supremacy, want you to forget. Because who they're speaking to, ironically enough, are the kids of the little kid in 1984. That's who they're talking to. These morons who do not understand what they're buying into is a failed philosophy from 150 years ago. That's when Karl Marx released the book. 150 years ago is when all of this poppycock was articulated. But the reality is, it bankrupts a nation. However, Joe Biden knows this. He knew it in 1984, and he knows it today. But he wants to give you a little, a little illusion of exactly how this is done. Aside from the fact they're meeting him at night because Joe Biden has been in an incubator trying to remember what day it is, I want you to realize... The people we see telling us they're negotiating, they are not really negotiating. Joe Biden released that information in a dementia phase conversation. What happens is the first meetings weren't all that percussive. The second ones were. The third one was. 
And then what happens is they, uh, the carriers go back to the principals and say, this is what we're thinking about. So now for all of us who work for a living, all of us who achieve things, all of us who acquire things, who pay for our kids and all the rest, this is a glimpse into why we're in this position. These children you see surrounding Joe Biden, these Marxist morons, these are the ones that are actually negotiating. This is something to pay attention to because it's within this lies the real scandal and the real fraud. The people we're putting in positions to negotiate, they're not doing anything but giving us talking points and taglines and lipstick on the pig that is their government failure. Because while he was in Japan embarrassing this nation, he's giving more and more and more money away. And yesterday I announced that the United States plans to contribute another $250 million to the pandemic fund at the World Bank. We already gave how many hundreds of billions? So, and my, uh, it will proceed. I can't, if, even if I, I think I do know, but I'm not going to tell you because that would not be a smart thing to do either. He's committing more billions and billions to kill more people in the oligarch war in the former Soviet Union. Because Ukraine lost that war. And the fact that they lost that war is they can't pay an electric bill. They're more broke than we are. The people that are dying, they don't even know who they are. Turns up a lot of them are Americans. And there's a lot of other, for example, the idea that we're, uh, in terms of uh, taxes, that they refuse to, for example, we... Uh, I was able to balance the budget and pass everything from the, the global warming bill. Anyway, I was able to cut by $1.7 billion in the first two years the deficit. Four days of this poppycock, four days of this dementia stammer and stutter with the old man walking on, a gra- on wet grass like a drunk baby. Four days embarrassing the nation. And now what they need to do is make you feel good about the fact that they're coming for that $250,000 from each and every one of us. But there's one more thing House Republicans are asking for, which is they want fewer IRS agents. They want fewer attempts to try to properly uh, get tax receipts into the federal government's coffers. I have never understood the resistance of extra IRS agents uh, unless you knowingly cheat on your taxes. Now, see, what Chuck Todd doesn't understand, people who make money pay taxes always, forever. People who don't make money, ironically enough, still pay taxes. But what he's talking about is he doesn't understand why there is a resistance to increase the budget of the IRS from 5.2 billion to 79 billion. Because Chuck Todd is on the right side of the Democrat Marxist mafia. And Chuck Todd and his dimwit lobbyist wife who have amassed tens of millions of dollars prostituting this country's policies will never be investigated In the same way, Hunter Biden's from 50 to what we know to be 117. That's the difference. He's on at least 50 and as possibly as many as 117 LLCs, not one investigated by the IRS. So this $79 billion is not going to go after one Democrat low-life fraud. And that got me thinking today. I had a wonderful experience. I traveled back to the only place that still exhibits, in my opinion, Americanism that I like, and that's Florida. And in the airport, a a guy came up to me. His name was Gino, and he said he listens to the show, and he loved how I took on Ukraine, and it it was an issue that really bothered him, the billions of dollars that were being robbed. And I said, yeah, I I can't believe that there's there's not a bigger pushback. 
And then I talked to a businessman today who built his whole life and at 72 years old still gets up at 3 in the morning to go to work every fracking day. And he said, you know, I, I, I pay a tremendous amount of money in taxes and yet somehow I'm the bad guy. And the reality is we've allowed the fails and the bankruptcy of government alone to be used as a weapon to break down our property rights, to bastardize our foreign policy, our domestic policy, and they're stealing the fracking money. So the IRS, why would a Democrat increase the IRS fourfold, fourfold, $79 billion to just tax collectors, all of which now the new ones carry guns? And that is because the goal is to fail and keep us calm. First of all, that's that's salacious, and you know that most Americans by far pay their taxes and they do it honorably. What House Republicans and frankly the Republican Party is concerned about is having IRS agents go after middle class families and small business owners. When you have that many more agents, it's not to go after the rich; it's to yeah. go after the middle again, class. That's again, what it's if, for. So if you're if you're paying what you're supposed to pay, then you should have nothing to fear. You would make the assumption that IRS. Ought- what do you pay? I want to know what you. And your low-life lobbyist wife. I want to know what you pay. I want to know what you make. See, because now this is the information age. And you want to tell me how righteous it is to have Americans like my guy Squirrel, my honey bunny, and the guy who built an empire that I spoke to today. Pay what exactly? How much of this did they sign up for? Because we are the ones that did not agree to foreign policy corruption. Or the corruption you see right there. And that sewer of corruption, Chicago, Illinois. How many of you are interested in having your tax dollars go for the Jane Byrne? Or how about that golden goose of corruption, O'Hare, which stinks to high heaven? I got to take three freaking showers every time I walk through that Roach Hotel. In the meantime, they're going to get more money and more money. And then it reminded me of an old clip of a half-assed gangster. Pretends to be a tough guy for the Teamsters. He's in charge of the Teamsters where they have UPS. And that argument he had with the Republican congressman over money. And it got me thinking, how many Teamster bosses make over a half a million dollars? And what is their fair share? And how much do they pay on the kickbacks and extortion fees? You're out of line. Let man. Actually, I have it. And no, don't tell me I'm out of line. You are out of line. Don't tell me I'm out of line. Well, you, you, you frame, don't tell me. You frame, I'm you frame, frame, you frame third, the statement you need to shut your guy. mouth. Yeah. Because you don't you're know what you're talking about. You're going to tell me to shut my mouth? Yes, yeah. I did. Hold it. Yeah. Hold it. Tough it. guy. I'm not Send afraid of physical. Hold it. I wish you were here with your bald Teamster boss butter-handed hands. I do. Because I'm not afraid of physical violence either. I love it. In the meantime, what I am is unto you. And what you're doing is building a mafia government similar to the one in Italy, similar to the one in Venezuela, and anywhere else your Marxist philosophy has destroyed a nation. And now you've got this 80-year-old dementia patient who just a couple of decades ago when he could figure out if it was Tuesday or July ran on fiscal conservative fiscal responsibility and tax reform in 16 years it'll be the year 2000 he'll be 19 years old what happens if every tax dollar that we pay 50 to 60 percent of it's just going to pay the interest on the debt he will be paying for what we lived on so when they raise the rate and they put out of business hundreds of thousands of businesses and they make people fall into poverty that would have never been in it to cover their own asses. They know what they're doing to us. Even the 
fracking Democrats, even the dementia moron who pretends to be president today. This is the greatest theft of individual wealth, casting us all into slavery. The good news is there's still a few people that are onto it. This is a setup, a warning of the ugliness to come. Quote, the greatest wealth transfer in history is here with familiar rich winners. End quote. That's the New York Times, the Bible of the left, laying the groundwork for the seizure of your money. They don't think it's fair that older people are rich. Baby boomers, 60 to 80 years old, they've accumulated $78 trillion, mostly in real estate and stocks. Don't kid yourself. You didn't make that money by hard work, drive, brains, and good judgment. Oh, no. As the Times says, you made it in part because of, quote, years of housing discrimination and a lack of access to financial tools and advice for people of color, end quote. Since the vast majority of baby boomers with money are white, Their white children and white grandchildren will inherit the money, thus continuing racial inequality. This is a setup for a wealth tax. The socialist wing of the Democrat Party demands that you add up the value of all your stocks, bonds, houses, businesses, even your artwork. Then you have to fork over a portion of that wealth every year to the government. It doesn't matter whether your investments are up or down. Just having money is the excuse excuse to take it off you. They do not respect success. Think about this. You have saved, invested, you've done the right thing. You've worked hard and you plan to pass along what you've made. You are a successful American. So stand up and demand the respect you deserve. You're exactly right. I find that even funnier coming from a guy who thinks there's royalty. In the meantime... Never forget who we're dealing with. You think these are Democrats? No. John F. Kennedy was a Democrat. These are communists. The communist vote is a vote for life. A vote for the communist ticket. It is a vote to end racism to all forms of discrimination. It is a vote for jobs, a vote for a decent income, a home for everyone, for full equality of women, especially on the job. It is a vote for free child care centers, And for working mothers, a six-month maternity leave with full pay. It is a vote for free quality medical care, hospital care for all who need it. It is a vote for free college education for all regardless of income. We have the materials. We have chicken in every pot. And a vote for today's Democrat is yesteryear's communist in the Marxist mafia. Any support of this Democrat agenda, any, is willful slavery. And they're the master. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. IRS budget went from $5.2 billion in 2022 to $19.5 billion. The new bill will put it at $79 billion, building an army of tax collectors. How many of them will audit where our money goes? President Zelensky is under fire for corruption. A new report says he embezzled the aid money. It was released by an American investigative journalist, Seymour Hirsch. He's- he used to be a monument to the leftists in this country, Seymour Hirsch. Everybody who served in Vietnam knows his name. Anybody that's been paying attention to politics knows his name. He came out with the evidence that Zelensky has already misappropriated 
$400 million, which does explain why only the Porsche and Bentley dealers seem to be thriving in the broke-ass city of Ukraine. Says Zelensky and his team have embezzled about $400 million. $400 million. Apparently, this was done last year. Not one mention of any of us auditing the money to Ukraine. And in fact, all that happened is we're butted up against the debt ceiling. As each and every American who works owes $250,000, the ones who don't own 98. Good luck cashing in from those bust-outs, but those are your Democrats. In the meantime... Together with the entire G7, uh, we have Ukraine's back, and I promise we're not going anywhere. You don't have your own back. Hey, you, crypt keeper. You don't have your own back. You're busted. You're broke. The only way you can exist is printing, faking, creating more debt, not money. You can't create money. You just create debt, meaning each and every one of our dollars goes down again, down again, down again. And what do they do at the same time? Increase borrowing. Gee, you got yourself a, a quite a soiree of corruption. And there's enough morons to buy it. I mean, after all. We're here for one simple reason. President Biden needs to consider using the 14th Amendment uh, if necessary. The entire GOP debt ceiling negotiation is a sad charade. And that's exactly what's wrong about. Hey, put a shirt on, you frackin' moron. Put a shirt on. So it's going to be difficult for President Biden to negotiate with somebody who has those type of uh, uh, legislative terrorists on their team. Uh, and the 14th Amendment is an ace in the hole. That is Stephen Ira Cohen, a moron senator who's advocating that this country become a dictatorship in the same way the moron Fetterman does. But I expect that of Fetterman, after all, he's really not quite right in the head. Glenn Evanston. Hey, Sean, long time listener, first time caller. I want to say I love the show. And I think I speak for everyone when I say let's go, Brandon. Glenn, isn't it sad that we cannot somehow even get a common ground of anything with the so-called Democrat Party? You're bankrupting our nation for our kids and for the future. You're weakening every dollar that everybody has, and they don't care. I never saw anything like it. So how do you communicate with people who would advocate for your own destruction? How do you how do you possibly communicate if you if each and every one of us owe two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in just debt? How come there isn't a Democrat saying we need to stop this? Well, the thing that surprises me the most is the fact that these idiots keep voting these morons in office. They don't they don't realize they're slowly flushing this country down the toilet. No, and it's a sad thing. And you know what's even what's even more sad is that the answer is coming out of the Republican Party. They seem weak and limp-wristed to me. Kevin McCarthy, I think, is going to fold. What do you think? I totally agree. Oh, man. All right, Glenn, thanks for the call. I really appreciate it. Hang on, we're going to give you a shirt. First-time caller gets a shirt. Robert Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, what's up? Not much, brother. How are you? Oh, a little peeled here. Here's my answer. No more money for the Ukraine. No more cutbacks reasonably for welfare and the IRS, because you don't need guns on IRS agents only for intimidation. What do you think? That's a starting point. I think when, point. You pay, when you pay a bureaucracy, when you increase their revenue four times, you're going to get a Gestapo that everybody knew would happen. And the idea that we pretend that that is legitimate in this day and age, when the only people who seem to not be paying their taxes are related to the frackin' president. Even Jimmy Carter knew better.
We've now got 12 million people on welfare chronically. First of all, we need to separate that 10% of welfare recipients who can work completely out of the welfare program, put them under the labor department, education department, teach them how to work, give them a job training, match them with a job and offer it to them. If they don't take it, when it's offered to them, I wouldn't pay them any more benefits. Oh, take it easy, you radical conservative. In the meantime, how was your week in Maui with uh, Diane Feinstein? Hang on, Jimmy! 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. So here's an aggravating little news story. Real quick, and then I'm going to get to you, Frank. Hang on. Meta, which is the parent company of Asshat, Zuckerschmucker, they uh, have a record fine. They have to pay $1.3 billion EU to the U.S. because they misappropriated individual data. But what about the people who had their data robbed? Do you, what do you get? Gats on ghoul. It's like, a, it's like Big Pharma. When they were telling everybody Oxycontin, you'll be fine, just take it. And you destroy tens of millions of lives. Who gets the money? Oh, the state? Oh, okay. Once again, who's the slave and who's the master? Frank Arlington Heights. Yeah, I'm sure the state will distribute it equally, won't they, <laughs> As long as you donate to these bastards, you're going to get a piece. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you, I wanted to ask you or tell you about, um, or I guess ask you first, when you were talking about the wealth tax aspect there. Uh, did you ever read the book called The Sovereign Individual by James Dale Davidson and Lord Rees-Mogg? I didn't go all the way. You know, I got a little I ADD. I got about halfway through and then I flipped over because it reminded me of everything that uh, Ayn Rand was talking about in The Virtuous Selfishness. Yeah, I didn't finish it myself. I got through most of it. But one of the topics they talk about in there is fossil kin altruism which is a weird topic, but it's the idea that people will more naturally try and help out, just like biologically, their, their offspring. Their, yeah. their own, they want to see their own genes move on. And it's just amazing that these leftists and these communists, the Ural Soviet, as I like to call this latest batch of um, you know, that they think they can just legislate away human nature, that you're going to care more about your kids and they can legislate away property rights, and then they're just gonna they're gonna be able to to, right. to assuage their feelings because it's always about their feelings. It's really not about the people that they purport to want to help. You it's know what really else? About assuaging their feelings, and I they, they, what, they're, they're so arrogant. They really are. It's just pathetic. I wonder when you tell your kids about the philosophy of the phony virtue of altruism. Do you ever go back? Has it's never succeeded? I mean, there's, there's, if not tens, hundreds of, of people and places that have tried it. It's not only has it never worked, it's left everything in devastation, number one. But number two, private charity always works. And it's through private charity that we've built great cities like Chicago. That isn't government that built Chicago. That's private charity, whether it's the Marshall Fields or Rockefeller, whatever the case is. And this is something that is fascinating to me, how each generation is stupid enough to believe there is an altruism that works rather than a fascism that is the root of the, of the real problem. And they, they're willing to turn over everything because they feel, I don't know, it's the flaw of humanity. They, they, they hate themselves for being unable to achieve it on their own, 
and they feel comfortable in turning to somebody and some entity that's always stolen and lied from them called government. Lied to them. It's amazing to me. It's a flaw in mankind, don't you think? Well, I think what we have is we have a government that doesn't really look out for its people. I mean, you know, under Lincoln, I mean, you had a government that was looking out for the, the common person. I mean, it got rid of slavery. It uh, you know, had the Homestead Act. And then it immediately started to strip- out there for people. Yeah. And then and, and it developed, developed the West. I know it had some issues with the, you know, the natives. But I mean, you know, it's, you know, you, it, the government has just taken over. And, now, and when it, you teach, it, when you teach history, when you teach the principles of Americanism, the idea that, a, that an elected official could call for, for a dictatorship by demanding that we invoke the 14th Amendment and nullify Congress, do you explain it to them as the, the beginning or the end of American Republican, big R Republicanism. Well, that that topic of the Fourteenth Amendment, with what Biden potentially is talking about doing, hasn't come up yet. Um, well, they're know, calling the, for would it. Be more, I think every of, of you know the topics that I teach are, include you know federal power versus states' rights as as yeah. a as a um, as a theme, and then the growth of executive power as a theme. So that would probably fit somewhere in there. And there have been you know many instances where executive power has grown. And, and Every politician that advocates it, in my opinion, is in violation of their oath and is immediately disqualified. What say you? Well, you know, we have to get back to the ideals of, of the American Republic from, from earlier. I mean, yeah. you know, we've had our flaws as a country, but, I mean, the ideas, the ideals of the Enlightenment are, you know, this. like I talked with Prof the other day, I mean, our system of government is a flicker in time. In history. I blame your, your, your profession. Years. Your profession. You're the ones, when I was in school, the dummies had their own class. They stayed in the corner. They played with gumballs. Then you guys wanted to move them up, feel normal. Next thing you know, I got Fetterman and Biden. Thank you very much, Frank, for participating in the show. Let's go over to a little special ed for now. Make me feel good about myself. What's wrong in Washington? We're playing with the livelihoods of millions just so the GOP can just turn... If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't this you go where fashion sits? the reason why the 14th Amendment exists. We need to be prepared to be using See, it. See, I like my fascism again, remember, a little bit funny. Again. Don't you, Squirrel? I like my... I like when he says, say it again. Say it again, repeat the line, like Biden. We must be prepared to, in order to use it. And we cannot let reckless Republicans hold the economy as a hostage. And an unelected Supreme Court justice will try to blow up our economy. That's on them if they have to judge us. All right, get him off the stage. Somebody put a shirt on that big dummy, will you please? Steve in Arlington Heights. Hey, how you doing, Sean? Good to hear you. Happy Monday. Hey, did you notice on the weekend, out of sight, out of mind, I saw Rahm Emanuel under the umbrella with Biden whispering in his ear. I'm wondering if they're concocting up their crisis going into this this next election. Brother, what you got to see there was a meeting of the Yakuza, the greatest mafia on the planet. The missing fingers, the scams of hundreds of billions. This is like that meeting they had in New York in the 50s. They, they made a big deal about it when they caught bookmakers talking about the line on, on the Super Bowl. This was a real mafia meeting, not that other one in New York. I think it's something to watch. And plus, but, Biden needs help walking in the rain. He can barely do it without the, the rain. The funny thing was, was Ron had to basically get up on his toes to reach his ear. <laughs> yeah. Rom finally blends in, finally found countertops that fit and hookers that don't laugh at him when he's naked. Thank you very much for the call. Uh, George, 
Naperville. Sean, do you think Rahm was trying to talk Biden into playing Mr. Miyagi and the next Karate Kid? I love it. I think Rahm is probably, arguably, outside of the one, the one daily that everyone thinks is an investment banker. Who's the bald one? Is it Bill or John? I can't keep track of those big meathead, short-in-the-pants gangsters. But I think Rahm Emanuel might be the most successful Chicago Democrat mafia don in Chicago history. 312-642-5600. I do have to say, though, that uh, this is a tough holiday for Rahm Emanuel uh, because he's not uh, used to saying the word day after mother. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I'm saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig and an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560, the answer. Everybody was Compounded failure. Everybody heard of compounded interest. What you have in these Democrat hellhole sewers is compounded failure. Gretchen Whitmer, governor in Michigan, just signs new red flag laws. Will not stop one degenerate scumbag gang-banging drug dealing, also known as a Democrat base, from getting a gun and killing innocent people. Not one, but it's never intended for that. It's intended for anybody who doesn't agree with her to be stripped of all of their rights, just in the same way we're hiring IRS agents to strip away people who don't agree with the Democrat or participate in the Democrat mafia to be stripped of their money. You're not fooling anybody, Democrats, except your own Democrats, but you never were smart. You're peddling a failed policy that's been failing for 150 years. And you double down on stupid, the modern-day communists. Turns out in New York, SEIU, nurses and doctors going on strike. What happened? I thought Obamacare was great. What happened? Where are you going? Strike again. What do you need? More money? Yes, your failure is quite expensive. Jim and Lyle. Sean, I know uh, every day we get a punch in the face from the Bolsheviks, but today I think we passed the Rubicon of some kind. Did you, did I read correctly (laughs) that the FBI has destroyed the evidence in the Duchess of Chapington's pay-to-play schemes when she was Secretary of State, and they closed the case, and they kept it open until Trump's well into his last year in office so that he couldn't ask about it, so they could say it's an ongoing investigation? Yes, you heard right. Okay, then we passed some kind of Rubicon today that we're we're never coming back. Jim, do you remember in all the talk of her scrubbing down the the server and all that? You remember all that? That wasn't the real scandal. That wasn't the real scandal. Right. That was something that Trump got on and it became a talking point. The real scandal was in her office was an FBI, retired FBI guy, who worked with her. This entire thing. It's like Jeffrey Epstein making t- hundreds of millions of dollars. And when you, you comb it all down, how did he make his money? He gave advice on how to set up funds like the Clinton Foundation and how to set up inheritances. Because what he did is show them how to launder crime. That's what he was, an architect of deception. So that's why Democrats never worry about IRS agents. None of their LLCs are ever investigated. So, so They're on the like inside. I say, when, what, what I always say when I call into you is that I learned something. That you're not just a great personality. I always learn something. So you're saying that there was an FBI inside the State Department when she was Secretary of State who worked with her? Peter Schweitzer announced this in either one of his books, I can't remember if it's Culture of Corruption or 
the Clinton Papers, the Clinton Foundation, Peter Schweitzer has been revealing this information for 15 years, brother. Peter Schweitzer's books, I'm going to tell you something, Jim. Every one of them get. I'm dead serious. I have no interest in it. I don't matter. I, I, I've been fortunate enough to talk to him. Him and his team, he is, he's an investigative journalist. And he has been digging in a bipartisan fashion. And in the same book, he also talks about old lady face Mitch McConnell. You have any idea the billions that he's worth? Never worked a day in his right. fracking life. No, I, I'm familiar of, with the Schweitzer yeah. books. In fact, I read, I read one of them. But as a matter of fact, what I read today was this investigation was open, and I use open in air quotes, because of Schweitzer's book. And they couldn't, yeah. they couldn't deny it. They've had the fracking laptop for three and a half fracking years, man. They had it before, long before the election. They had it. You mean to tell me you didn't? Uh, we didn't look. Where is it? I don't know. Remember under a Senate investigation, I believe it was Ted Cruz. Where is the hard drive? I don't know. And that's the next day Matt Gates came out and said, it's all right, I got it right here. See, but w- when you have 50% of your country that doesn't care, that's right. in on the scam, now you're done, brother. But why, well, you know, why can't people be, like, like I sense the frustration and the passion in your voice every day, and I have, and you share what I'm feeling. And, yeah. and don't ever change because oh. you're not. You're basically the only host that does that. Oh, well, I appreciate I mean, that. What is Jerry. it going to take? What is it going to take for these? It's going to take. Here's what I'm trying. You want to know what I'm? People go, oh, you're, you're never going to win an election anymore. It's been bastardized. You're never going to win. But I need good people to get their kids out of there. I understand. Listen, I'm fighting that battle myself. I don't want to. Mo- you got to break the strands because it's a different world when everybody thinks like me and you. You know, we got a nice little family in this show. But I'm not trying to get Democrats. If you're willing to go along to get along, then get in the corner with your scumbag cohorts. Get in the corner and go reap the rewards of failure. You know how easy it is to do, I can't believe why 400 kids tore up the parade. That's where it leads. You want to be there for the end? Turn off the lights. In the meantime, go to where people are still Americans. There's 22 states. You don't have to pick this one, but pick one. That's the only answer. Because unless they vote for secession, brother... I used to live in Arizona. I know what you're talking about, and it's always 100%. Amen, yeah. man. Thank you, brother. Think about what would happen if all the good people moved back there. By the way, there's been a little update in the Cary Lake thing. Turns out that case is still alive. It's on life support, but it's still alive. How much time I got, Squirrely? 30 seconds. Give me Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how you doing? How was the weekend? Splendid. I've got back home. It's wonderful. My feet are tan, and they're in flip-flops again. Go ahead. Good. Real quick, uh, the Republicans uh, have been talking. They they would raise the uh, debt ceiling and they want cuts. And what does Biden do? He goes and gives Ukraine three hundred seventy-five million F sixteen fighter planes. And uh, Rich, all they do is keep giving money. All they these congressmen that are saying that they, they want cuts. Pandemic bank. Yeah, we can't even pay our own bills. No. And he keeps giving money away. Rich, all of these congressmen who are fighting for you for cuts. They all have a $40,000 a year office furniture allowance and a $30,000 a year expense account. They got seventy grand slush fund. And you think they're going to fight for you? They like the game. They're half-assed gangsters who never have to do a push-up. I'll be back after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The Answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with 
personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America. He's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me because we need a little controversy. I have to tell you, while doing election night coverage on Beyond the Beltway on the Bruce Dumont Show, I did not believe Joe Biden won. I still do not believe Joe Biden won. I thought that lawyers, good lawyers around the country, would come to our, really, our help in saving the nation from the feudalism economically and the corruption that is so systemic among particularly Democrats, but in government in general. In fact, to this day, there's been 1,432 proven instances of voter fraud. There's been 1,235 criminal convictions, 48 civil penalties. And I saw this in an article at the Heritage Foundation. Immediately upon seeing this, I told the lovely honey bunny, get me the Heritage Foundation, because those are the only place I know really good lawyers still exist and put up the fight. My next guest is one of those. He spent several years as a United States assistant attorney in Northern District of Florida. He is Zach Smith of the Heritage Foundation. Zach, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Zach, laryngitis? Is he there? I hear nothing. What's that? All right. Honey Bunny, effort to get me, Zach. In the meantime, I'm going to go over a couple more of the statistics. Let me know when he's there. You've got uh, 48 civil penalties, 107 diversion programs, 25 judicial findings, 17 official findings. This is all written in an article. A sampling of recent election fraud cases from across the United States. We're going to call Zach back. But I'm curious, I never bought that 81 million people voted for Joe Biden, in particular the fact that they want me to believe 16 million more than who voted for Barack Obama and all the excitement that happened. COVID happened, but what about those cases? Is he there? Zach? Hey, how are you? Very good, Zach. I thought the NSA had gotten you, and then we'll never find you. The Black Hood, the camp, the whole nine yards. In the meantime, you spent your life fighting for the principles of law as a shield of the honest man. I was going over not just your resume, but the fact of an article that was released in Heritage that talks about 1,432 proven instances of voter fraud. How is it that the courts were able to, number one, circumvent state legislatures when it came to this last election, but then in some states like Arizona, burn ballots and just get rid of evidence? What are we to do at this point, in your opinion? Well, I think we have to take a step back, Sean. You know, many on the left, they like to say voter fraud doesn't happen. It's a myth. It's this vast right-wing conspiracy. Now, if you look at our election fraud database, as you said you have, if any of your listeners go look at it, they'll see that election fraud is not a myth. It's not made up. What we have in our database, those are proven instances of fraud where there is a finding of fraud, a conviction in a court of law, or something along those lines. These aren't made up instances. You know, but that's only 
the tip of the iceberg. Election fraud cases are very hard to discover, unfortunately, in many instances. Election fraud is very difficult to prosecute uh, because prosecutors have to prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt. Uh, And so even though we don't have every provable instance of election fraud where it's happened, this is certainly a, a good sample to show that it does happen. Now, in terms of what we should do, you know, that's the million dollar question, really. But it's something my colleagues and I at Heritage, we've been thinking about really before 2020, but especially since 2020. We should put together an election integrity scorecard. We rank all of the states, 1 to 50, 51 if you include the District of Columbia, which is not a state and should not be a state, but we included it uh, anyway in our scorecard, where we have 12 broad categories, different metrics we use, what states do, uh, what, what states should do if they were going to run a completely clean, perfect election. Uh, no score, state scored 100%. Uh, their ranking is 0 to 100. Many states performed very, very poorly. But if legislatures, if citizens want to know what laws their state should be implementing, go look at our election integrity scorecard. It tells you right there in black and white. Now, it's the perfect crime, in particular when you, when you think back to what we saw in 2020, because all you need to do is steal that day. And now you can bum rush the results as the country, at least it appeared only a few, only the people that voted for Donald Trump wanted an investigation. The rest did not. They couldn't get rid of the evidence fast enough. And in fact, we learned that there are some states, all Democrat, that actually burn the evidence, burn the ballots and rush through an election. And then we saw what happened with Kerry Lake two years later, where there's still cases that are alive, but they're getting no attention So this is why I don't get involved in the upcoming election of 2024. I mean, after all, if you have an illegitimate president, we are now spending more money than this country ever spent. Just in two bills that this this so-called president pushed through, you've increased the spending $5 trillion in two bills. So what's the point? Am I supposed to think the next guy will win? After all, it's like a murder. The first one's the hardest. And uh, why should we think they're not going to cheat again? Well, I think it is important that we all go and get involved and vote at the poll, Sean. I mean, look, uh, if it's a very close race, your vote can make a difference. But if there are overwhelming majorities, it's much more difficult uh, if someone were going to cheat for them to maybe fudge a couple hundred votes versus really hundreds of thousands or millions of votes uh, in each state. The Good news is many states after the 2020 election saw the absolute chaos that happened that election. They saw that courts and governors and local elected officials were essentially usurping authority that belonged to the state legislatures in their states, and they passed reforms. I mean, look, we're all familiar with the problems in Georgia in 2020. Georgia passed comprehensive election reform. They have much more robust robust procedures in place now. And many states, Florida, Georgia, Texas, others, they've looked at some of the specific problems that plagued 2020 at vote by mail, which was pervasive in 2020, which was often used in the absence of statutory authorization in some states, those types of problems have been addressed. And so I'm hopeful that with these new laws in place, and now that citizens are much more aware of many of the issues that were happening for many years in the electoral process, but particularly in 2020, uh, that this renewed attention, this renewed focus will make it much more difficult for anyone to cheat in the election. And and one more thing, Sean, I will say, 
some states, Florida in particular, deserves kudos for setting up robust penalties if you are caught cheating, and in fact, setting up an election integrity unit that's designed solely to investigate and refer prosecutions uh, for people who do cheat in elections. And that's the type of attention that needs to be paid in every state, every municipality, anywhere uh, that elections are being conducted. You know, Zach, it's funny. Um, I, I deal with a lot of people. I talk to a lot of people. I've got a couple different businesses. And it's funny how willing some of the so-called Republicans are to play that same game. I uh, have been in conversations, I'm sure you have, <clears throat> where the, the, the rebuttal to this is we have to get better at ballot harvesting. We have to get better at registering. And really what you're saying without saying it is, we have to get better, better at the same skullduggery that the Democrat scoundrels have perfected. That's, that's not something I'm willing to do. And you see in New York, Republicans that were just convicted of doing the same thing that the allegations uh, that were proven in 2,000 mules by Dinesh D'Souza, uh, that the, the Democrats did, from the same voter ballot harvesting, the same nonsense, the same same-day registration. I don't want to partake in better cheating. I just want something that's reasonable, reliable, and can be audited. Isn't it time to demand we get rid of the anonymous vote? What do we have to be ashamed of anymore? I'm glad that I, I, I don't vote for the culture of corruption. I won't vote for a Democrat. Do you think that we're not ready for that? Well, look, Sean, I think you hit on an important point here, and that point is, you know, election rules that protect the integrity of our elections, regardless of what you think about policy choices, those rules should be applied evenly uh, to everyone who's casting a ballot. And so whether you're Republican, whether you're Democrat, whether you're an independent, whatever your political affiliation, you should want fair, free, impartial elections. And that's really what many of these best practices we've put forward in our election integrity scorecard are designed to do. And you're absolutely right, Sean. Some of the people who have been caught cheating uh, who have been prosecuted and are reflected in our election fraud database at Heritage are Republicans. Republicans and Democrats are both represented. And my position and Heritage's position is anyone who's caught cheating should be held accountable for their actions, should be prosecuted to the fullest extent under the law, because at the end of the day, we need to have fair, free, impartial elections that everyone can have confidence in. I'm curious the position of, of, of somebody like you, somebody who was an assistant, state's attorney, somebody who loves the law, a lawyer who understands the principle of it. And when you see these politicians call for a dictatorship, claim that the president has the authority to nullify the majority in Congress, the Republicans, and bastardized a 14th Amendment, a section five of the 14th Amendment, that really wasn't written uh, at the time of the, it, it was written after the Civil War, to expedite the idea that, that Confederate politicians could gain a foothold again and really nullify Congress's point of spending the money. What should we do about this? This, to me, is outrageous that we have senators and congressmen calling for Joe Biden to become a dictator. What do we do when the, when the principles of the office, the oath, has been bastardized? What do we do now? Well, look, I think... <laughs> 
you raise an important point, Sean. This, but to, to back up and take kind of the 40,000-foot perspective, you know, there's Section 5 of the 14th Amendment that basically uh, many on the left are arguing gives the president unilateral power to essentially spend and appropriate money however he sees fit. It's just nonsense. I have an entire article, an op-ed up at the Daily Signal, Heritage's uh, media outlet, outlining why that argument just doesn't hold water for some of the reasons you suggested and others as well. Uh, but look, if Joe Biden were to move forward with this, uh, it would clearly be a violation of his oath of office. It would clearly be a violation of the separation of powers. And unfortunately, it wouldn't be the first time that the Biden administration has taken actions that it knows are plainly against the law. We've seen this in a variety of contexts, the student loan cases, uh, certain things related to immigration, and, and many, many areas. And it's just unfortunate. And I think you're starting to see a push to hold certain administration officials accountable for their actions. There's a push in the House of Representatives right now to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas, the Department of Homeland Security secretary, who's really responsible for a lot of what's happening at the southern border. And so when an official violates his or her oath of office, uh, willingly, purposefully, and repeatedly, it's very important to hold those officials accountable. And it looks like more and more uh, citizens across the country are pushing for that. And to their, uh, you know, we should praise Republicans in the House uh, when they're willing to take steps to hold administration officials accountable who violate their oaths of office as well. Now, something that's destroying Chicago, a once great city now, just a, it's just the sewer of corruption in, on all fronts is this idea that a foreigner can spend hundreds of millions of dollars and strategically place Marxist apparatchiks posing as prosecutors to release real, I mean, predators on the society and then have a revolving door of prosecution. It's astonishing to me that your timing is perfect on your new book, Rogue Prosecutors, how uh, George Soros has pretty much destroyed the principles of law to keep good people safe and predators free. How can we combat the idea that George Soros, who is at the hub of every financial scandal in countries and has imploded currencies and made tens of billions, if not hundreds of billions of dollars doing it, how do we combat this? Well, look, I think the first thing we can do is we can shine a light on it, let people know what's going on. You know, many citizens we talk to in cities like Chicago, St. Louis, Los Angeles, New York, and others around the country, they know crime is bad. They know things are bad, but they're not sure where to look, whether it's the police, uh, the fault of the police department, whether it's the fault of other local elected officials, the mayor, the council members. But what my colleague, Kelly Stimson, and I found out really in many of these cities, it's their local elected district attorney or state's attorney who's responsible for not prosecuting criminals, for releasing people without bail, uh, for seeking lowered penalties, even for serious crimes like rape, robbery, and murder. And it's really wreaking havoc in these cities where these rogue prosecutors have come into office. And in Chicago, uh, you unfortunately have one of the original rogue prosecutors, Ken Fox, who received millions of dollars in support from George Soros. And so what Cully and I did, we dug into this movement. We outlined its background, its 
Marxist movement, make no doubt about it. It has its roots in the prison abolition movement. There's actually a movement that believes we should not have prisons in the United States, that they're inherently racist institutions, uh, which is just nonsense. Uh, But we basically dove into the ideological underpinnings of this movement. We wrote about eight of the most notorious uh, rogue district attorneys around the country. Kim Fox is one of them. We have an entire chapter on her, who she is, how she came into power, the policy she's implemented, and just the disaster she has been for the city of Chicago. And then our last chapter is the way forward. What do we do about these rogues, and how do we retake our cities uh, where they have unleashed their havoc? Uh, As you mentioned, the title of the book is Rogue Prosecutors, How Radical Soros Lawyers Are Destroying America's Communities. It's out officially on June 27th, uh, but it's available for pre-order now on Amazon.com and at Barnes & Noble. As a lawyer, when you see these these people who are put in the position to uphold the social contract, where government's number one obligation is to enforce the law and keep the good people safe, and you see that they've broken it and legalized and legitimized theft and crime that you spoke of, and we cannot turn to our government for that protection, obviously I know how it ends. There's going to be guys like me that don't put up with it. And you're going to have a rise of vigilante justice. You're going to have a rise of neighborhood protection. You're going to have policemen who are standing up for their own families and take matters into their own hands. Is this something that they didn't count on? What do they think is going to happen? How do they think it's going to end? And I say this as somebody who wants peace, but I will not be turned into a willing victim. What do we do about the people like me? Well, look, Sean, you know, they are actually very forthright with their goals, if you know where to look. And they're not advertising this on the front page of the Chicago Tribune or the New York Times. They're saying it in academic articles, law reviews, uh, kind of symposiums that they host. But they're very candid. Uh, the supporters of this rogue prosecutor movement, they want to fundamentally re-engineer our criminal justice system. They want to break it down and rebuild it uh, from the ground up. They have bought into two myths that our criminal justice system is systemically racist. Basis, which it's not. And they've also bought into the myth that we have a mass incarceration problem in our country, which we don't. If you look at who's actually spending time in state and federal prisons, it's by and large repeat violent offenders. And so whenever you hear someone say we have a mass incarceration problem or our system is systemically racist, you need to remind them that if you're talking about uh, releasing more people from prison, not sending people to prison, that necessarily means repeat violent offenders are going to be back on the street. The other sad irony that's lost in conversation a lot of times, Sean, is that you know a lot of this is being pushed under the guise of racial justice, uh, supposedly to help young black men particularly. But the sad irony, the sad reality is that young black men are disproportionately victims of violent crime, particularly shootings and homicides. And so whenever those crime rates go up, you're seeing more young black men being victimized. And so the very individuals these policies are supposed to help, it actually ends up hurting them the worst. Now, Zach Smith, you know how much I love having you on. This has got to be the third or fourth time I've had you on, how much I respect you. You're a young man who's achieved so much. It's really impressive, and you write books. I'm going to give you a suggestion of your next book, and I I want you to take it into serious consideration. For the street people out there, I want you to name a book called Scum Control, Not Gun Control. What do you think? (laughs) Well, I think it's an important point, Sean. Guns don't commit crime. People commit crime, and unfortunately, Kim Fox... Uh, the current mayor of Chicago, they're all for releasing those people back on the street.
He is Zach Smith of the Heritage Foundation. Thank you for everything. I truly appreciate you making time for me. And if the NSA does come and get you, I will find you. We have a deal? (laughs) I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on, Sean. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Years ago, we all thought it was a joke. See, that every kid got a motherfucking trophy. Wow. That kid rocking is a situation. A nation of f***ies is our next generation. It truly is. That's how you get Marxism. That's how you have people demand to be slaves, thinking they're getting something for nothing. They're not. As promised, Craig and Mount Greenwood. Oh, hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call, man. I appreciate you all keeping me over because... Man, I, I got something that's right on point there that the guy you were talking to and everything about this, and I agree with you 100%. I don't have any uh, confidence in any kind of elections going forward. No. You got uh, this guy, uh, you, you got this Chadwick Moore who wrote this book called Tucker, and uh, he was talking to Charlie Kirk today, and he was talking about how Kirk or, uh, um, Tucker was taken off because Dominion voting machines that was part of the deal they had to take, and they had to take him off. I didn't read the, the book, but I, di- I disagree with the premise because I remember Tucker Carlson not going after the Dominion, not entertaining Sidney Powell. I remember that specifically. I believe, what I believe, is that Tucker was taken off for two, or more than two. But he was speaking very uncomfortable truth, whether it is the money laundering system in Ukraine or the ridiculous capitulation yeah. to the fascism yeah, and the corruption hey, Sean, this is Big Pharma. Real, real important. What, they, what he was saying was, it was these other entities that you're talking about, yeah. they entered into like some kind of thing with Dominion and used, and Dominion was just the, kind of like doing the, doing the work it's, for all these other... For, for minus these, Dominion. Everybody. Minus Dominion and say Murdoch. Thank you very much. It had nothing to do, in my opinion, nothing to do with Dominion. He was on the he was on the corporatist side to a certain extent, where he spoke very uncomfortable truths. Was big pharma and Ukraine the foreign policy money laundering system? Not to mention he he basically once again proved beyond the shadow of a doubt the CIA and the government, along with corrupt politicians, had a hand in the JFK assassination. He was speaking some very uncomfortable realities, and that's why I am a huge fan. And I cannot wait for his new show to start. But I remember James... <laughs> Why are you laughing? James O'Keefe... Oh, that was Tucker? James O'Keefe did a little uh, spot on this. OMG News has obtained incendiary footage of a Fox News producer talking about Tucker Carlson's departure, the Dominion settlement, and the influence that advertisers and pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer have over the embattled network. Fox News Media, America's and much more. $144 million to settle that. Oh, that was with um, the Dominion yeah. company. Yeah. How did, what, what What happened with that? Like, they gave him money, they part of it. They say it wasn't part of it, but we're learning that Tucker getting fired was part of that. Tucker getting fired was part of the Dominion lawsuit? part of the settlement. Well, so did Tucker leave, or did you guys part ways, or Tucker was yeah. ousted? Yeah, he was ousted. 
Well, yeah, he bought up things that cost a lot of money. Cost the company a lot of money. Yeah. And that, that was part of it. Like, he was going to go after the mean game. This whole thing about January 6th oh, yeah. was. He was an inside job. He went after this guy. January 6th? I mean, he proved me. That's the other thing. Ted Cruz also. But these are uncomfortable truths. You see, the powers that be like the corruption the way it is. It's brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch, sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. Here are the undeniable facts. There are 25 to 30 U.S. funded bio labs in Ukraine. This is all very, very uncomfortable things to be talked about on what became the number one news show. Now, the powers that be don't care about the ratings. That's why I'm never going to watch it again. I don't think I've had it on since. Have you, Squirrel? you watch Fox? No? You either? All right, makes sense. In the meantime, I, I want to right a lot of wrongs, but who's going to get the money in the end anyway, as you see the lawsuits, the record lawsuits? And the state gets it. The government gets it. I had a vaccine, and I began to shake uncontrollably. He just died 33 days later. I can't hold my head up right now. I collapsed. That's all I remember. From the very outset, we did not meet the normal conditions required to proceed. We're going to be talking about the vaccine injured, which the federal government and state agencies pretends doesn't exist. We went to a local hospital and they treated her like a crazy person. I see this as a breakdown of our bureaucratic structures that we're supposed to keep us safe. I think there's a lot of people that don't know that they're injured. We have substantial data showing miscarriages increased by 300% over the five-year average. Pfizer should have been off the market by February 1st of 2021. 300% increase in cancer. Data reported to Pfizer. It's eight pages long. They are novel and unexplained symptoms. Neurological, over a thousand percent increase. A thousand. The doctor doesn't know what that is and how to treat it. The mind games are ridiculous. She was faking it, that it's misinformation. Uh, there is almost no opportunity for justice. If you can't see it, then you don't know that it needs to be fixed. It was becoming pretty apparent that the hospital knew something was going on. The virus stops with every vaccinated person. In other words, you become a dead end to the virus. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. I never knew that was going to be the last time I talked to my son. They know at a very intimate level what's going on with this. Europe has released data that 1 in 800 have adverse effects. All kinds of effects. From something that goes away eventually after a year called Bell's Palsy, where you got to walk around like Dr. Awardy, to the Jimmy leg, to even worse, people dropping dead, pregnant. Not, not talked about in this country. In fact, in Australia, Canada, and Europe, they're making settlements already, up to 240000 Not a mention in America. Not a mention. And now Fox News will never mention it because you had one guy that did. One. Surely... Willowbrook. Hi, sure. Hi. Um. Yeah. This is Shirley. Um. Sean, I found out the reason why the doctors, the one hospital in New York, are on strike. It is because they are making seven thousand dollars per year less than the doctors at the other. Um, you know, hospital in Manhattan, but they're in the same healthcare system. 
However, they work it that way because their other hospital is on the upper east east side, side, very rich people, Uh compared to the one in Queens. And they're also competing with the two other rich upper east side, you know, hospitals, which are, um, it's like Cornell and Sloan Kettering. Two of the top hospitals in the country. Yeah. Unions and socialism doesn't work. Never works. I don't mind doctors making money. I I particularly love when the good ones make money. Do the good ones still make money? I like, yeah. Um, uh, I took care of it, though, because I called, you know, Governor Hochul from New York today. And I said, listen, you know, you can take those migrants and, you know, you could send them to Rikers. So I, you know, figured, you know, with the money the state of New York saved on, um, you know, the migrants in their yeah. fancy, um, you know, hotel rooms, you know, they could just did she tell you the did she Did she tell you she'd rather send the Marine who saved the people on the train from the schizophrenic Democrat base uh, to Rikers rather than the illegals? Um, I didn't hear that yet, but, uh-huh. you know, what we're doing that in... <laughs> Chicago, they're staying in the police station. So, yeah. if it's well, Shirley, you just the Chicago, my, you, you know, migrants. Triggered, you just triggered a red flag law. Please enjoy your audit from one of the new IRS agents and the Second Amendment being stripped from you, along with uh, many other amendments. You are not in the Marxist mafia, and that is the curse. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. Cream puff, Jim. Oh, he wants to talk about Hunter and the Fourteenth Amendment. Why don't you want to talk about any good stuff? Ah, you're a Democrat. We'll be back with the Democrat and the Overeater after this. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Oh, there's a lot of new changes to the welfare system. It's going to be great. And what I particularly like is when the people come here who are a little older and they immediately go on Social Security. So let's go ahead and jump right into it because we know the first thing that kicked off with Social Security this year is the increase in the cost of living adjustment, which was 8.7% due to a result of inflation. Did you know that, Squirrel? 8.7% kicker on Social Security. But don't worry. It's just an illusion. Like the whole program itself. They take it away in the end. Now, we all know that the Social Security Administration, they make these changes to benefits for retirees every October, and then it goes into effect that January. So the cost of living adjustment at 8.7% in 2023, it gave recipients a $140 boost to their paychecks, which marked the biggest increase in Social Security in approximately four decades. Now, I- But Squirrel, if you work... If you're an old person and you get Social Security and you work, guess what the penalty is for earning too much money? $170 a month. So the increase they give you, they take it away in a penalty. you got to be a good slave if you're going to navigate the waters of Democrat mafia slavery. You'll be a good slave or we're going to take it away from you. Cream Puff Jim knows that. You kissed that municipal hey, ass for how many years waiting for the pension? How many? How many? Did you pretend those oh, Irishmen were moons. funny, many, laughing many at moons. their jokes? Yeah, no, many moons. Many moons. It, was, it was a struggle. It was a struggle. Oh, All yeah. I can say is I, I heard I got a little birdie telling me that uh, Hunter told Pops, use the 14th Amendment here and get rid of the debt ceiling altogether. 
Yeah. Now, McCarthy has McCarthy has no bill. He has no bill. He's in there. He's in there like a nut with a list of demands with no bill. He has no bill at all. No, they passed the bill. They passed the bill. Well, no, but that bill, that bill, that, I mean, it doesn't really exist because they, no. they got to get through this. They got to get through the Senate. They yeah, got to get through the, the Senate. Thing. Oh, Jim, if this negotiation was me versus that dimwit yeah. in diapers going on break to get the to get burped and fed by his nurse Jill, this whole thing would be different. This is the bill. Pass it and be lucky I don't make it even more deeper because I'm still giving you a 1% increase. But the Republicans don't ever talk about that because they got to pretend there's a guy fighting for them like Rocky Balboa rather than a cream puff. Not like you, not like the big chubby cream puff, but a cream puff butter-handed pansy called Kevin McCarthy. Don't worry, Jim. You're all going to all get the increases. You win. After all, you got a fake fight. In the meantime... Meantime, Hunter Biden in court today in Arkansas for a hearing centered around a years old paternity case. In 2020, a judge ruled Biden was the biological father of a young girl in Arkansas. He's been paying child support to the girl's mother since that ruling. Last fall, Biden's team asked the judge to reopen the case and lower his monthly payment. The request led to a new probe into Biden's financial records, resulting in a month long stalemate over which documents he has to hand over. Biden spent the day answering questions about his tax returns and recent investments. If the parties don't reach an agreement on the monthly payments, the trial is set for July 24th. The good news is the ex-stripper, the baby mama, she's going to do more damage to exactly how much money this imbecile crack-smoking fraud was stealing than Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans. You mark my words. And the best part about a Democrat scumbag, he flew back to Arkansas to fight giving more money for his illegitimate kid. On a private jet. That's my favorite part of the story. You fly on your $10 million golf wing to go cheat your stripper so you don't have to pay child support. I say the Bidens welcome that kid in because it's got the same pedigree of all of you Irish gypsies in the Biden family, the crime syndicate. She might be the best Biden of you all. After all, at least her mother had a job. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody... In case you haven't wi- realized it, the greatest asset to government is a failed program. Nobody asks any questions. You can send your kid to a very good school for $6,000 a year, but yet you're paying $30,000 a year for morons, frauds, to teach your kids. What you're going to see on the evening news is the product of the public education system where gangs thrive and stupidity is the norm ej anthony wants to discuss why we keep doing it i i I think i have a sneaky suspicion because the leviathan and the mechanism to pay it is so convoluted people can't object or they lose their property ej anthony of the heritage foundation what is the real reason people are paying thirty thousand dollars a year in the sewer of chicago for kids and teachers, they can't say the word ask. And this repetitive stupidity where 6 to 8% of the kids can read the grade level. 
Well, Sean, I mean, the cynic in me says that it's because the school system is effectively an easy way to launder money to special interests. Of course it is. I mean, this is something we all know, where you're better off having the milk contract for the public schools and keep bribing the Democrats to keep paying for the milk than you are to have a system of, of uh, true fairness and true altruism where you're educating kids. They like producing morons because it strengthens their base, right? Well, not only that, but also if you look at teachers unions that that vote near universally Democrat, what you have is a system where Democrat politicians vote in increased pay for those teachers who then pay higher union dues, which go to, to fill Democrat campaign coffers in the form of political donations. So it's wow. essentially a way for Democrats to loot the public purse. And the only thing better that sounds better from the gangster side of it is O'Hare Airport. So how do you break this culture of corruption, which somehow has been able to attach itself to the penalty for owning real estate in these Democrat hell holes? Well, I think the biggest thing that you can do is to have some measure of school choice. In other words, parents (laughs) are no longer stuck in a failing school simply because they live near it. And what that does is when you allow people to go to a different school, you start robbing the funding from those failing schools and the failed teachers. The only thing that short-circuits that is when we have these crazy hold-harmless provisions that maintain funding levels even as schools lose students. It's insane. Well, you've just described the Chicago public school system. And the reality is we have examples of much better places because they're out of these democrat gangster strongholds so you can go to any state that is run properly and does not allow the teacher unions to gain this crime anchor hold in the public school system the problem is there's not as many as there used to be as much as they fail they're gaining steam which explains why coast to coast we have a ridiculous failed education system, and we're producing the scourge and scum that are destroying our, 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 our quality of life across the nation. So how do you beat it if you don't force every good person out of the states of corruption? Uh, I'm not sure you can, and, and maybe that's why all of the good people seem to be leaving blue states and moving to red states. You know, one of the real clear demographic patterns that we've seen over the last decade, and, and it looks like it's not just continuing but accelerating, are the red states are becoming redder and the blue states are becoming bluer. And I think that's for good reason. Now, you're in the belly of the beast in Washington, D.C., but as we speak, this means a lot to Illinoisans. As Illinois government is getting rid of charitable contributions for real programs that work and save kids who are not allowed to leave their areas of, of, of ghetto failure. Um, but there has been an, a, a rule signed into law by Bruce Rauner that allowed private donations to be tax deductible. And Illinois is threatening to get rid of this quietly at first and now not so quietly. Uh, what can be done to save these private entities and this, this real grace of grants to give to these, these kids in these ghettos to get them out of these Uh, public sectors. What do you do when the state government gets rid of a program that already exists? I mean, again, if if the state is going to be this set against you, then perhaps you should be that set against the state. And I'm not saying that that means you you take up arms against the state, but 
you know, take up everything else. In other words, literally pick up and leave if, if you have the means to do so. Now, unfortunately, that means that all of the people who, who don't have the means to do so are stuck in a failing state and in a failing school system. And the real tragedy there, Sean, is that those are the kids that need the educational opportunities the most because it is for them that education is their last best hope. Now, in Chicago, it says that it's said that 80 percent of your property tax bill goes to these public school systems. You still have a tremendous amount of properties that are either not paying their property taxes and are abandoned. That list of, of properties that are be going to tax auction is parabolic, in particular after these last three years. What happens now to foreclosures and different entities as they have to make up this theme? Is there any hope in sight that maybe the lack of payment will break the system? I don't think so, Sean, because what, what we've seen before, and I assume it would continue again here, is as those as you get those foreclosures and as you fail to get revenue uh, from, from people losing their homes, what happens is the government just decides to shift that burden onto everybody else. In other words, when you have 1% go bust, the other 99% have to pick up the slack and you see their tax bills go up. Presumably, we're going to see that again. You know, EJ, most people don't realize they would... Um use these these lawyers these democrat lawyers to argue in front of judges they knew to lower taxes this is a guy by the name of mike madigan made hundreds of millions of dollars through his law firm pseudo law firm doing this advocating this but what they don't realize is that burden falls on commercial property and so much commercial property in these democrat strongholds pay ridiculous amounts of property taxes and now you see businesses closing i mean ultimately EJ, the snake eats it, it eats its own tail till it dies. Is that what we're starting to see in these um, Democrat areas? Oh, Sean, I think that's a hundred percent right. I mean, who was it? Was it Alderman Burke? I think was you know, notorious for voting for all of these property tax increases. But then he had a private law firm in addition to his public work. Yes, he had Trump a private hired him. Law firm that 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 did tax appeals. In other words, he would vote someone to have higher property taxes, and then he would get them as a client and fight to reduce their property taxes to get exemptions and whatnot. So he was essentially uh, drumming up his own business. I mean, can you come up with a, with a better uh, form of corruption than that? That is quintessential Chicago. You know, I didn't, I didn't advocate for Trump in 2016. I didn't care for him because I understood he hired that very Burke and did that very thing as he gave contributions to Rahm Emanuel and to Ed Burke. But this is, the, this is the part that really drives me nuts. Because it was okay when you could hire these scum, these phony lawyers. It was okay to, to be in that in crowd and bribe, through another word called uh, hire, these law firms of corruption. And now we're at the end where you're paying 30 grand a year per student and they can't fracking read is there any entity in the government that will recognize this failure or is it the failure that was their goal the whole time the way i suspect and they understand that they'll just spread it from these democrat hellhole counties and the to, 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 to republican states ultimately isn't that how the game is played anyway i mean do any of these democrat states pay more in taxes than they get from the federal government or is the math finally funging out and proving them to be welfare states? 
Well, of course, yes, they, they are welfare states. But, you know, Sean, you and I see the, the education system as a failure because it's failing to educate students. That's not how these liberals see it. They see it as a success because it's not that it's failing. It has nothing to do with educating students. It's a success because it is successfully laundering money from the taxpayer to the Democrat coffers. Again, whether that's through union dues or whether that's through the hiring of administrators. I mean, look at the hundreds of millions of dollars that are wasted in the state of Illinois every year on on nothing but school administrators. And this is above and beyond the school administrators that that a neighboring state like Indiana might have, for example. So it's just... It's just fraud, it's corruption, and it's government waste to a T. You know, it's funny. Um, I know you're at the you know, Heritage Foundation. I know you, and you go through the numbers. Has there ever been a correct percentage of the national debt, of the problem we're facing right now? Has it ever been broken down so that the average American can say, you mean we're spending this amount on public education? Or is it just so compartmentalized that they've succeeded in the fraud of public education and if so can we break down the percentage of government spending just in this ridiculous waste of public education and it is a waste as you see the kids can't read well we we can come up with numbers the problem is what do you actually want to include but the reason i say that is you have not just liabilities today, but then you have future liabilities, and then you have unfunded liabilities. So, for example, we have all of these pensions that we have promised uh, to teachers and even administrators, and yet there is literally no funding for them. We, and it's not, it's not as if we have teachers paying into a pension plan that is underfunded. No, no, we have made promises to pay people, and we have zero plans to ever actually fund those liabilities. So once you start including those things, you're not talking about billions. You're talking about trillions of dollars in future education spending that's already baked into the cake. I mean, you're in terms of for the average American, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars of liabilities that, gonna, that are going to be due in the future per person. Isn't this really the destination that we always were going to get to? I mean, after all, you have only one section of our society that plays by the rules of achievement and you have this entire other section the democrat areas democrats in general who don't play by any any ramifications any conclusions there are no conclusions there are no results in the utopian statism of communism and until we recognize what we have is not a school system we have communism where the more it fails it can never fail enough it's just going to always get more money And that is the only explanation. You have a communist education system in a society that isn't supposed to be communist. It is communist, just like in the Soviet Union. You could never question the state. Nothing could ever be the fault of the state. So today, nothing can ever be the fault of the education system, of the educational establishment. It's either the fault of, oh, we don't have tight enough gun laws, or, you know, the, the police are racist or the school is underfunded, you pick the the random excuse, but it can never, ever be the fault of the education system itself, no matter how much it fails. EJ, how do they have any? I mean, they don't with me. You know, someone who declares themselves a Democrat, I know I'm talking to a scallywag, liar, or an idiot. How can they have any credibility on a national stage 
at this point when you see the pathetic result of the public school system and the morons that support it. Do they have any real credibility, and why do people keep giving them money in debt? Oh, no, they, they have no credibility whatsoever as far as why do people keep giving them money. I mean, I suppose some of it would probably have to do with the fact that they were educated by these Democrats for basically 16 years. And, and, and there's so actually they, more money in failed states. They charge more vig, more more juice, more interest, right? Right, right. And and so many of these people have been so indoctrinated for, for 12 to 16 years that they effectively have, have bought into the indoctrination and they don't know how to question it because they were never taught to think critically. In fact, thinking critically was punished. Now, I know because I don't primarily live in Chicago. I live somewhere else. But nationally, the idea that they would elect in Chicago one of these moron union members of the teachers this is going to be four years of way worse than it is now, is it not? Oh, well, most certainly. I mean, every time uh, they go further left, the city goes further down the drain. And we can expect, we were talking earlier about how so many people are fleeing blue states and blue cities. We can expect that that is not only going to continue, but it's going to accelerate. I mean, look at what's happening in, in the loop, even in very nice areas, formerly nice areas of the city that never had crime problems before. You have, you have people getting assaulted. You have people getting carjacked. I mean, it's absolutely insane that on certain highways, people are getting hit by stray bullets. It's a third world country. That's the proper definition. I mean, the proper description. Groupon, a Chicago company, pays $9.2 million to break its lease. The Bears, the same thing. Is there a company, is there a sector where the regular Chicagoans will wake up? Or have they cut so many people in the scam, in the fraud of the government corruption, in the Democrat mafia? that they'll just accept it and then ultimately realize they're going to get bailed out anyway and they're going to beg for federal assistance or they'll tax the suburbs and the other areas. Is it the perfect scam or will it ultimately be a wake-up call, in your opinion? Well, it's certainly the perfect scam as long as you have a Democrat president and a Democrat-controlled Congress because you know they, they gave almost $100 billion to the state of Illinois only about a year and a half ago. But as soon as that goes away, and it already has in the form of the Republicans taking the House, but if Republicans make more gains in the Senate and at the White House, then you're going to see a a very different uh, game that Chicago and the state of Illinois are going to have to play because they no longer have the backstop of the American people, the American taxpayer. Yeah, the perfect con. It's the new version of Sting, only instead of two guys getting away with money, it's entire unions, entire corrupt crime families. And that's really going to be the title of your next book, right, E.J. Antoni? Oh, most definitely. (laughs) In the meantime, you can see his articles at the Heritage Foundation. You know how much I appreciate you always making time for me, even though it's uh, information that sometimes aggravates and even depresses. It's information that you have to have and you have to talk about if you're going to correct it. Because unless you stop voting for this, it will continue in perpetuity, right? Oh, boy. The NSA is getting up. We make changes. We'll have something good to talk about. All right. In the meantime, enjoy your audit. EJ and Tony, thank you for coming on the show. (laughs) Thanks for having me. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The 
China files a lawsuit in Tallahassee, Florida, as Governor Ron DeSantis had a law. Chinese Communist Party members cannot buy land in Florida. Can we buy land in Mexico, Squirrel? Uh, I don't think we can. I don't think we can. Can we buy land in China? I don't think we can, not unless we partner with a Chinese Communist Party member. But here, Chinese communists can bribe politicians and own buildings like they do in Chicago. Units like they do in Chicago. I don't know. Seems a little one-sided. Maybe we should get rid of that favored nation status. But that would, uh, that would clean up the corruption in our government where the Chinese Communist Party not only owns congressmen and senators like they do Swalwell, you remember Swalwell. Taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help them cheat an election. The gassy Swalwell and these Chinese spy Feng Feng, not to mention the Chinese chauffeur of Diane Feinstein. How's she doing? Oh, she's, she's making out with Jimmy Carter right now? Yeah. And they own the crack-smoking son and the president himself. Does explain so many of our policies. Greg in Rogers Park. Our Sean, I just got back from a lovely vacation in the red state of Indiana, in Allen County. Oh. Had a great time. Nice. To, it was nice to see. Uh, well, you know you're a Chicagoan born. when you vacation in Indiana. You're just dying to well, get the hell right, across the border. No, yeah. that's where I'm. That's where my roots are. That's how I, that's how I was born and raised. Came back oh, to yeah. see my family. Beautiful. Anyways, listen. Anyways, uh, good to hear your voice. And I follow the. Listen, I got a serious question for you. I don't quite under. I should, but I, I need to read more. Fourteenth Amendment. If Biden does that, I, my gut tells me that's going to mess up our economy more and be more of a scam for the Democrats. If I'm wrong, well, just tell me. But He can't you do really it. Explain it. It's unconstitutional. He cannot circumvent the purpose of our Congress, which is to spend the money. Can't do it. That doesn't mean he won't do it, because the people who support Joe Biden are morons, much like Joe <laughs> Biden himself. But the 14th Amendment never was about giving power to the presidency to circumvent the Congress, which is the one that spends the money. But look, we're in a time where Congress has been circumvented for wars for the last 30 years. They've been circumvented and bullied around and corrupted by corporatists throughout the world, not just the country anymore. So do Americans know what the 14th Amendment is, Greg? And you gave me another opportunity to play one of my favorite clips about the 14th Amendment. Amendment 14, Section 1. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. That say anything, Squirrel, about taking the money from, the, from Congress so that this idiot in diapers, this asset of the Chinese Communist Party, this corrupt oligarch-owned whore can steal and nullify the Congress doesn't say anything. It said something about the citizenship, right? Nothing about the money. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States. Nothing about the money there, huh? Now, well, we're only in section one. Nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Oh, boy. Well, they're talking about the guys from January 6th who've been locked in a fracking hole for two and a half years that didn't apply to them nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws still nothing about the dimwit in diapers the most obvious asset of enemies foreign and domestic nullifying congress nothing there section two 
Representatives shall be apportioned among the several states, according to their respective numbers, counting the whole number of persons in each state. Oh, unless you're in Illinois, because the Democrats scourge, nullified the census. And even though you, you admitted you lost one, you really lost two. But fat boy Pritzker and the Democrat mafia made it so you only lost one. Excluding Indians not taxed. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with Elizabeth Warren's ancestors who killed the Indians. Not really an Indian. But when the right to vote at any election for the choice of electors for president and vice president of the United States, representatives in Congress, the executive and judicial officers of a state, or the members of the legislature thereof, is denied to any of the male inhabitants of such state, being 21 years of age, and citizens of the United States, or in any way abridged except for participation in rebellion or other crime. I know it's boring. It's from a law school. But nothing there says that the moron in diapers, the dementia patient, the stammering dimwit, can nullify Congress. I haven't heard anything. You, squirrel? No? All right, let's go on. The basis of representation therein shall be reduced in the proportion which the number of such male citizens shall bear to the whole number. You know how many moron Democrats right now are going, the 14th Amendment, the 14th Amendment. They don't even know what the frack it is, you morons. Number of male citizens, 21 years of age, in such state. Here, let's hear, let's hear from one of the notable thinkers. The 14th Amendment, what's your, your view about that option? I think the grounds for it are legitimate. I think the president should absolutely have this on the table. And I actually think that this is something that transcends ideology among Democrats. Hey, stupid. Hey, bartender, did you ever read it? Now make me a drink and be happy I don't drink anymore. Or you'd end up looking for your shirt. Section 3. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress, or elector of president and vice president, or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States, or under any state, who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States, or as a member of any state legislature, or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion. Uh oh, there it is, squirrel. They said the I word. But what they're talking about is Confederate soldiers. Still nothing about some dementia moron, whore of unions, whore of the Chinese Communist Party and oligarchs, beneficiaries of our corrupt foreign policy. It doesn't say anything about that scumbag having the right to circumvent and nullify the Congress. ...against the same, or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such disability. So that means they can get rid of a Confederate guy. Now let's get to Section 5. The one where the drunk bartender and the moron Fetterman, you remember Fetterman. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? <laughs> yeah, where he wants to give all the power to the idiot in diapers pretending to be president now who stole the election. Section 4. The validity of the public debt of the United States authorized by law including debts incurred for payments of pensions and bounties for services in suppressing insurrection or rebellion, shall not be questioned. It doesn't say anything about the Green New Deal, Inflation Reduction Act, 
or these fat asses trying to get health care for nothing. That doesn't say anything about unions overcharging for exit ramps or mafia airports. How you doing? Building runways that nobody can find at the tune of $8 million. doesn't say anything about that. Nothing about that. But neither the United States nor any state shall assume or pay any debt or obligation incurred in aid of insurrection or rebellion against the United States or any claim for the loss or emancipation of any slave, but all such debts, obligations, and claims shall be held illegal and void. Now, does that mean we get to say that debts are illegal? You know the ones where you funded funded corrupt oligarchs. President Zelensky is under fire for corruption. A new report says he embezzled the aid money. So I don't want to pay that debt. Now, every dollar you gave to that oligarch run, moron, corrupt Soviet Union, whether it's Russia or Ukraine, all the same to me. I don't. I say we don't pay that debt. Now nah, we're not paying it. What do you say, squirrel? You in? Okay. Nowhere did it say that the moron in diapers can spend our money. I didn't hear anything that gave this idiot power to do anything. Together with the entire G7, uh, we have Ukraine's back, and I promise... No, we don't. You and the G7, you guys per- perpetrate the greatest financial fraud on the world in that money laundering scheme. So this idiot can buy a Porsche with blocks on the pedals. It was released by an American investigative journalist, Seymour Hirsch. He says Zelensky and his team have embezzled about $400 million. For- yeah, but then there's the other money. The one that was set up before the Soviet Union collapsed. You know, Ukraine could never, ever pretend to be a country. Set up a foundation in Ukraine before Ukraine became independent of uh, Russia. Um, and the... Now, how does George Soros set up a fund in the Soviet Union before the collapse of the Soviet Union? How does that happen? He must have been working a long time with mafia members all around the world. Foundation has been uh, functioning ever since. There is one person who was very deeply involved in Ukraine, uh, and, and that's Biden. From the devil himself, George Soros, talking about the corruption of Biden in Ukraine. He had a lot more patience than I had. Sure he had patience, because he knew he could go from a corrupt, corrupt whore to unions as a senator all the way to the vice president for Barack. He likes big butts and he can never lie. Convincing that that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev. So don't tell me about your phony mission. We're not going anywhere. Yeah, what about... Well, you know, I... uh, some of my staff were saying that uh, we're supposed to be leading, but there seemed to be following you. When I was in Kiev and those sirens went off, but there was an air raider walking through. We just kept walking. I thought, well, he doesn't care about the sirens. I don't care about this. Yeah, because the sirens were staged. When there was any danger, you got five deferments to Vietnam, didn't you, coward? Didn't you? Athlete, football player. All of a sudden, you got asthma. I got asthma. What happened to your asthma? You're 942 years old. Still going strong, huh? Crook. So sick of pretending he's legitimate, that he's a president. He's nothing but a mafia member. 312-642-5600.
He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Yes, I know Tim Scott's running, but Tim Scott been a politician for 28 years, insurance salesman, and he declares America's not in decline. He's president nice guy. Ah, sorry, buddy. This ain't time for nice guy. It's time to reestablish the principles of the enlightenment of Americanism. I'll tell you who I like. I like this Harriet Hagman. I like her a lot. Again, this is exactly why Congress needs whistleblowers to conduct oversight and course correct these abusive federal agencies. Sadly, what we will see from the Democrats today will not be a focus on the substance of what these brave men have exposed or a discussion of how to protect our constitutional rights and institutions from the tyrants who are running these agencies. Instead, what we will see is a deflection. They will call our witnesses names. They will scream MAGA and extremist at the top of their lungs. They will pound the tables. They will continue to gaslight us about Russia, Russia, Russia. Because that's all that Adam Schiff knows what to say. I like her, babe. But make, make no mistake. They are simply trying to cover up the unforgivable and the indefensible. The creation of a two-tier justice system based on political beliefs and the corruption of our political elites. I encourage the American people, and I encourage you, you, the press, to start listening, to start reading, to start understanding what has been exposed in our government. And then I encourage you to go watch the movie, The Lives of Others, because that is where we're headed if we don't that's, correct. That's somebody who should be considered as next president. And in the meantime, before I, I'll get to you, Julie, hang on a second. There's a little scandal afoot. I don't like Jake Sullivan, ex-CIA, ex-Obama fraud Marxist mafia member. There was a break in his house. His house has secret service. How could you break in? Um, there's also some other breaking news that um, we just got confirmed. Monica Alba at the White House just confirmed for us. Um, this was first reported by the Washington Post. The National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, had a break-in at his home in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. It's newsworthy because, one, he had a break-in, but also because he has round-the-clock secret service. How did that happen? You know who else had round-the-clock Secret Service? The idiot pretending to be president when he was vice president all the way in Ukraine. What the hell were you guys doing? How come there's no whistleblowers in the Secret Service? You're on the plane, too. You're going all over the place. I remember, oh, you had a little bit of a scandal. You like Bob Menendez. You like the hookers, underage, where you can get them for $30 in third-world hellholes, like the ones the Democrat mafia builds around the world. I'm sorry, Julie. I didn't mean to stiff you. We'll be back. The good news is in 21 hours. Every day, kicking in the teeth of this half-assed, butter-handed mafia called Democrats. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.